Welcome to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds. In each episode, two-time NCAA champion coach Jay Wright chats with figures from across the spectrum of the Nova Nation and beyond. Current players, prominent alums, and national basketball figures are all part of the mix as we honor the 100-plus year history of one of America's most storied college basketball programs. The Talking Villanova Basketball Show, hosted by Jay Wright, originated in 2001. The program, now in its 20th season, shifted from terrestrial radio to the world of podcasts in 2019. This is a production of Villanova Sports Properties in conjunction with Villanova Athletics. Hartford Funds is in its third season as the presenting sponsor of the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast. We invite you to settle in and enjoy as Coach Wright takes us into today's conversation. Welcome inside. It's the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds. And Coach, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce our special guest for this episode. Thank you, Mike. And, and we do have a special one, man. This is this is really cool. Uh, a great Villanovan. And we're going to go into soccer a little a little bit, actually a lot out of the basketball scene, but I think our Villanova fans are going to be amazed um, how connected that this uh, soccer culture we're going to talk about is to Villanova culture. And that's because we have the guest, the head coach of the Philadelphia Union, our own Villanova's own Jim Curtin. How are you, buddy? Doing great, coach. Thanks for having me on. Uh, This is cool for us. I have a million questions for you tonight. I always hate when I do podcasts when they talk to me for like a half an hour before the podcast. And I'm feeling like I got a lot of things to do and we could talk about this on the podcast. So that's why I know you're kind of in season and you can explain this to everybody, but that's my first question to you is um, you're in season right now, but you guys are in the, in the midst of a break coming out of a break here for international play. Yeah, we have a unique uh, year this year in that uh, there's, it's a World Cup year. So at the end of our season is the, is the World Cup, the, the biggest competition that our sport has. And, you know, we have little breaks periodically during the season. And, and the schedule is such that, um, you know, we kind of shut down our, our best international players um, in, in my current locker room. We represent 13 different countries right now. So um, a lot of them are away playing with their national team. Um, it's a little different and, and maybe confusing for, you know, the typical basketball, football, uh, baseball fan, uh, because, you know, playing for your national team, same as basketball, you know, is, is the, is the biggest honor, as you know, with your, with your gold medal, <laughs> uh, it's, it's the ultimate honor to represent your national team. Um, but what happens during our season is MLS, where we play in America, is the only league in the world that is not aligned with the, the rules, the governing body FIFA, which kind of sets the calendar. The reason for that is climate, a lot of other different things, and I, I won't bore you with. We can't be playing games in Toronto and Montreal and even Philly in, in February and January outside. Just, just the weather doesn't align with us. So um, long story short, we have those guys all the way right now. It's a little challenging as a coach because you get halfway, about halfway through your season and uh, there's almost a pause. Um, again, it's an honor for those guys to be away representing their country. They're staying in good shape, but we're trying to keep the rest of the group going here. It's a time to kind of 
reflect on what we've done good this year, what we can improve, and then and, and just try to get better during these three weeks where we have a little bit of downtime. I have been able to get to Seattle City, which is nice too, with the family and spend some time down there. So that's a bonus <laughs> of this downtime as well. <laughs> I'll bet you there's nobody in the Premier League getting excited about going to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> that's probably true, buddy. <laughs> Only a good Philly guy, man. I, I get it. I, I get it. And I know um, Andre Blake, your yeah. goalie, are they, what, are those guys, are they in the World Cup? And, and what other guys from the union will be? Yeah, that's a great question. So Andre's, Andre's the, the number one goalkeeper in our league. He's away with Jamaica right now. They're playing games that are for a different qualification. Soccer gets a little complicated with the different co uh, competitions that you see us having uh, go on. Um, but so Andre's away. Uh, Daniel Gazdag is away with Hungary right now. They play Germany later today. Uh, we also have, um, gosh, uh, Jose Martinez is away with Venezuela. We have four young boys away with our U20 United States team that are representing the United States at the under 20 level, trying to qualify for the World Cup there. Uh, gosh, who else is away? We're missing uh, one of our strikers is away. So it, it's, a, it's a wide range of players. One's away with Cameroon. Uh, our outside back is away with Cameroon right now. So it's a challenging time of the year. Um, like I said, we have a really diverse group of, of players in our locker room. But the cool thing is about this sport, like so many sports, uh, the game speaks one language and, and we all kind of come together with that. that that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. I think um, I, I got to go and, and I was so grateful that you and, and Joe Greco uh, another great Villanovan who, who's one of your owners and I know yeah. a good friend of yours as he is mine um, had us come down to um, bang the drum Kyle yeah. and I, that, that was such a thrill I mean you know growing up in Philly throwing, throwing out a first pitch for Philly's baseball is a big deal but the energy in that place um, sold out stadium banging that drum before the game. That was awesome, man. That was so cool. And what a great night. It, it was for a fan. It was a great night. It was a tie. I know you wanted to win that one. Yeah, but of course. Unbelievable game atmosphere. I mean, you guys, you guys got it going. And I want to, I want to get into all that. And, and we, we have some time here, but I want I want to first, as we start, Jim, go back and, you know, let all our, you know, we have a lot of Villanova people listen to this podcast. Let them know about your career because you were here when I was an assistant. Um, you, yeah. you had an incredible career here at Villanova. And um, t tell people about your coach at Villanova. Um, you were, what, three-time player of the year for Villanova. You were rookie of the year um, as – what was the league at that time? I know we wouldn't have a Big East. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, was, it, it was, was it still Big East? Yep, it was still Big East. Yeah, so we were playing yeah. all. I think Notre, Notre Dame had just moved over to the Big East in soccer, which was interesting. Wow. So we had to make a trip to South Bend. Um, yeah, it was really as a kid that grew up in the area locally uh, in the Orland and Glenside area. Um, you know, Villanova was always, uh, you know, a special place. It was a place that I had, was ambitious and, and wanted to try to achieve going there. Um, you know, went to Bishop McDevitt High School locally, eventually got recruited by uh, Villanova and head coach Larry Sullivan, who I 
I learned a ton from as a, not just on the field as a, as a, as a player, but also as a, as a young man growing up who maybe thought I had all the answers at, at 17, 18 years old. I learned quite quickly. I didn't know anything <laughs> uh, as coach Sullivan. And for those that don't know, is an, an ex Marine and an incredible person, great guy um, and a great coach, um, you know, and, you know, I had a unique experience at Villanova as a player, um, you mentioned the individual accolades, and and that was really nice. And I, I did win a lot of individual awards, but we lost a lot of games, Jay. And 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 for me, that was the biggest thing that I learned. I was coming from, I'd call it the you know the top AAU basketball type team, but for soccer in the area, and I, all I did was was win and have success, and it was easy for me—not easy for me, but the game came easy because I had such good teammates all around me. And now I came to Villanova in, in the Big East in a really really strong conference. And we took some hard losses, man. My, my freshman year was probably our, our strongest year. We went to the Big East tournament, and that was, you know, I, I was kind of comfortable. I'm thinking, okay, I won, you know, rookie of the year in the Big East. This is great. This is easy. And then that next year, we got humbled. I believe we did not win a game. I'll say that again. We did not win a game in the wow. Big East. Wow. And I think in hindsight now, as a coach, I look back and go, I learned more in those losses than and and how to react to them and and you know recognizing how teams work and how Larry handled us even in a tough season, not letting guys go off in twos and threes and pointing fingers and, and saying coach should be playing me this much or I'm playing out of position. You learn so many lessons in the in the tough times uh, and the losses. And when I look back on that, um, that was something that really came out. And again, you know, we did have more and more success as I went on. And it was great to get those individual awards, but I loved my teammates there. I learned so much about the game, not just as a player, but also as a coach. Um, we didn't have the, the hoopla back then where you get to go up on ESPN and hold your jersey up uh, when you get drafted like you do now. Um, <laughs> in today's MLS and today's Major League Soccer. I was quite literally sitting in Bartley Hall and uh, I got a phone call from Bob Bradley, who at the time was the head coach of Chicago. I found out, he said, you can come down to Florida now. Um, and you probably have a better chance of making the team or you can stay and finish up your your final semester there. Uh, and I had that moment of truth where I was like, this is my dream. And I uh, I went down and, and, and wound up making the team. And, and the rest is kind of history from there and went on to play a decent career as a, you know, a good role player on, a, on some really good teams and um, got into coaching after that. But I owe a ton to what I learned at Villanova, um, the life lessons. Uh, our team had a lot of fun too on campus. That's for sure. But uh, it was, a, it was a great group of guys and, and one that I'm really grateful for. So it, I, 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 um, I can't tell you how much I feel for what you're saying about losing and, 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 and learning and, um, and really, I, I hope young coaches can understand how much that really does uh, impact you as you're coaching today because they're the situations that are challenging for you and that's what you reflect back on and 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 take lessons from you know and, and I, it kind of sounds cliche but I get it man I, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying yeah and it's really it you were you're the first Villanova player that ever got drafted into the MISL right yes and and now how about the Big East. Like, are there a lot? Have there been a lot of players out of the Big East that have that have made the MLS? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of lots of uh, lots of players have come through the Big East. It's such a strong conference. I know it's changed and shifted, and and and, and through the years. Uh, how know. is it now? How is Big East soccer now compared to when 
when you played? It's it's still strong. There's still going to be talented kids that get drafted out of college now, but it's sh slowly shifted to more of a European model where now um, each of the professional teams has a, a youth academy now. So kids literally age eight and nine are, are in our system and are, are training here uh, from the Philadelphia area, the New Jersey area, from Delaware, the top kids in the area. They're going to school, getting really good education um, at our school that we have in our academy. And then they're working their way up and, and look, some of them make it and some of them go on to have great college careers, which is an amazing thing too. Um, but it's it shifted since when I was there, there wasn't these youth academies and then, and kind of the copying of the European model. Um, and all, the real advantage of it is you have the kids at a younger age, you know, you see them at a younger age. Um, and, that, and that part of, of, of things is important just to have them in your culture uh, early on. And, and again, I followed you from afar and I hear I've, as a as a huge fan and the, the culture that you built is something that everybody every coach aspires to build um, because you you watch your teams play and, and just how hard they played and, and never quit so from afar I was trying to always grow that culture here and people don't understand it does take time um, and it doesn't just happen instantly and I think you learn the most about culture like you talked about before in those those moments of adversity everybody's culture is great when they're they're winning four five six games in a row but now you lose a couple, that's when it becomes uh, the true definition of what your culture really is about and what it stands for. Yeah, you, you have done an amazing job with that. I, I, can, I can see it. And it's always interesting to talk to Joe Greco, one of your owners who, who, who really knows Villanova basketball well. Yeah. And he's, over the years since you take, have taken over, always telling me about, Jay, you got to see this guy. It's just He's building it. It's it's very similar to the Villanova culture. We love it. Um, I, I want to get into that, but I, I want to. I don't want to get away from your career yet, because I, you know, as Villanovans, we're we're really proud. I mean, you also had a, a very good career in the MLS, right? And how, how many years? How many years did you play in in the MLS? Yeah, about ten years. Uh, I was. Yeah, I had about, a hell of a career, my man. Yeah, I had seven. Not, not many pro athletes play that long. I had seven in Chicago and then about three in LA uh, towards the end. And I probably could have played a little longer and chased it, but the, you know, the, the, the moving the family around, it got to a point where I thought it was, I was maybe being a little selfish as a professional athlete and, and dragging them around. I started to have kids and um, moved back to Philly and, and it was a uh, wound up being a, a great choice, but certainly um, had a good career. I was lucky enough to play on really, really good teams and, and uh, so much of, of, of life is, you know, timing and a little bit of luck in the right place at the right time. I was in, a, I won't bore you with it, but I was thrown into a locker room in Chicago as a 20 year old that now has, I think there's over 17 guys that have gone on to become either coaches, general managers, or, you know, assistant coaches in, M in major league wow. soccer. So just by chance, I, I, we had a great mentor there and Bob Bradley, he's kind of the, you know, Bill Belichick, if you will, of, of, yeah. uh, of soccer and he just has this tree of guys that um, kind of got it is the easiest way I can put it and pushed each other in practice and now not coincidentally are all are all coaching or involved in the game in, in some way shape or form in the future. Did, did your Chicago fire team win cha any championships? We did we won some championships we also lost some finals too which I, I wow. still think about <laughs> so we yeah. had some rings which is is special but you know, I think sometimes you always think more about the ones that you were you were close to. You didn't lose that. You always won every time you got to a final. You had it easy. <laughs> but we lost in the final four. That's true. I, I get it. Final four. But when you I got to the it. final, you won them. <laughs> <laughs>
I get I get that. I I, I think though that um, as as we you know, you being the head coach of the union now, I think all of us in Philadelphia should be just uh, so amazed at, and I want to get into this next, the, the breadth of uh, experience that you bring to this job in, in, that, in that you were a great player, you won championships, um, you had the college experience you did, you had the great individual honors, the great team accomplishments as a professional and a a long-term professional, which I'm interested in your opinion in pro sports. Now I think means a lot more than it ever did having been a player and being a coach is far more valuable now in pro sports than it ever was. Do do you feel that as coach of the union? You know, I, I I think, I think it matters. I think it helps sometimes with certain conversations with guys. I I do those. I do often see, and it happens in soccer. I think it happens in basketball and it happens in football. Sometimes the best former players aren't necessarily the best coaches. You know, there's so many guys that I respect and have learned so much from that never played the game at the, at the, the top professional level, but still have so many ideas and see the game in a way that I'd never thought of and, and, and come with, um, you know, different, uh, ways of doing things and are, and are maybe a little more innovative than my brain works because I'm so dialed into just the things that I used to do. Um, you know, I had a great, I had a great um, experience. I won't say a name, but I had a coach who was my head coach uh, at a certain point in my career, who was honestly the best player in our league. He was the MVP of the, of our league. Now people are going to figure that out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> he was an incredible player. But when he when he had to coach and man manage and he ran great training sessions, but when he had to man manage and and talk about, you know, how to do something that came so easy to him, it was it was hard for him to articulate it because he's like, you just do this. It's almost like if Michael Jordan's trying to teach guys, why don't you just do it like I did? You know what I mean? So it, it becomes a little more challenging maybe for the, the the highest end. I think that's maybe why you see so many good role player pros. I don't know if it's I, it's not a, I don't want to paint with just a broad brush here, but so many good role players of teams um, maybe go on to become the, the, the better, the top coaches. I think there's something to that um, because the ones where it was super easy for, um, you don't see a ton of them have success. It happens for sure in soccer. It happens in basketball. Um, But there's something about those, those guys that maybe had to really be students of the game and get every, and and spend the extra time on film and spend the extra time on, on, on certain exercises after practice that the game didn't come so natural and so easy to them. Um, I don't know. That's maybe just a theory of, of my own that I'm just talking out loud with you about, but <laughs> I think no. there's something to those guys that are, you know, um, the, the, the good pros, uh, but the role-playing pros that know how teams maybe work and, and what buttons to push that way. But it's certainly a, a game where I, I don't, I, I'm not from the school that you had to play the game at the highest level to become a good coach. Cause I, I'll show up at a high school training session uh, and there'll be a young kid coaching out there. I'll see something he does and I'll steal it. You know, I, I think you can constantly be learning and taking things from all different coaches at all different levels. And uh, once that learning stops and you, you think you have all the answers, I think that's when you get yourself in big trouble <laughs> in, in, in any uh, coaching profession. Um, that, that comfort level can never really happen. Otherwise uh, uh, you, you, you get found out pretty quick. <laughs> Great point. I, I really, um, I really agree. I, I, I think that you know, you look at a guy like Steve Kerr, um, example, yeah. was was a great, 
role player and, and it, it really makes him a great coach. And, and, and Michael Jordan tried the coaching thing a little bit, even as a, even as a, an owner, it's, it's, it's not their fault. It's just hard for them to comprehend how difficult some things can be and not just physically, but mentally how, how people, you know, those great ones have just a, 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 a unique mental toughness about them that um, it's hard for them to be compassionate sometimes. Not, again, not their fault, just that totally. they just don't understand it. They just feel like, well, you, I, you, would, you, you just fight through that, right? That's, yeah. what I, that's what I always did. I just fought through that. Yeah, I, I understand what you're going through, but that never stopped me. <laughs> it shouldn't stop you, right? Um, exactly. and they, they, they just, they can't, they can't get that. I, I, I get it. I, I do. I just, I'm, I'm interested in, I do feel like, and I know this is a lot in the NBA there's and the NBA is unique in that the players probably have more power in the NBA yep. than probably any other professional sport, yep. but they need to know that that guy that's telling them what to do has been in their shoes. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't feel like soccer hasn't reached that point yet. You know, I, I you know, I, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here that I think it does help that to know that, 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 that the guy that is, is the leader and giving the message is, has been through it as well. So he's not just coming from a place of, if you're talking about, you know, a semifinal or a, or a final game, um, just how high the bar is there. I'm not saying the other person can't do it. I think, I think that they can, I think that their message better be perfect though. They're maybe, you know what I mean? Like they cannot miss one word or one comment uh, that, that make, cause, cause you know how players are, man, they, they, yeah. they will chew you up if you get one thing wrong um, about them in a press conference or whatever it might be. Um, so they need that, you know, to see, I just, I would just say your, your message has to be almost perfect. So articulate, so clear. Uh, whereas maybe a guy who's been through a couple finals and won some things um, already can maybe get away with things. Cause they just look at him and go, okay, this guy has been here and you instantly have that buy-in. I think maybe the best way to word it would be that other coach would, would need a little more time to get the buy-in and, and, and more time to get uh, the group to really embrace what he's about. Because like I said, players will figure you out quick if you're, if you're full of it, or maybe your drill isn't going exactly like how they're used to doing it and then they don't like it and you don't have command of it, they will chew you up and they'll, they'll dismiss you almost instantly. So um, it's a hard thing to teach when young coaches come in because I remember how nervous I was even as a former player. The first time I still ran a drill with the first team with the big guys. Um, and I'm sure you probably, you, you don't have to admit it, yeah. coach, right? But even the first time you worked yeah. with like the Olympic guys, you know what I mean? There's that, yeah. that feeling of, okay, I better get this right. I better be on my game because my first impression is going to go a long way with these guys and what they think of me. Um, you can always improve it. You can have a bad session, no question about it. Um, but you there's a, there's a real fine line there about getting things right in those, those first early moments because uh, players sniff it out pretty quick. <laughs> exactly. So it does sound like professional soccer is a little closer to, to, to the NBA than, than, than I, I first thought. It, you know, when you come from the outside and I, I go to your game, everybody looks happy. Everybody looks like they're doing what they're supposed to do. It looks like, oh, soccer's a little, soccer's a little different. A, a lot more uh, team-oriented. Everybody's 
everybody seems to be on the same page. I, I don't know the game well enough to – everybody looks perfect to me. The game was, exactly. the game was great, and, and I, I couldn't – and everyone's attitude looked look really good. I mean, one guy uh, – well, the guy for the Red – this was something – the game that, that I attended, a yeah. guy for the Red Bulls gets a red card – Kicked out, yeah. <laughs> and kicked out of the game. I mean, in our sport, that's incredible. Not that it just that it happens, but the, like the selfishness to do that yeah. and impact your team in that way, I, I would have gone crazy as a yeah, coach. That was a, that, that was a wild night. It was awesome having you there, too. You did a good job banging the drums. It was, it was <laughs> awesome seeing you down there. Um, the, like you said, the atmosphere is great. The emotions of the game are intense. The the players are, are are pretty dialed in, and you know when you're down low, things are happening at a fast speed. Just like when you sit low at any any sporting event, you see how amazing these athletes are. Um, but you're right that their player lost his head for a little bit. The punishment is severe. You have to play down a man, so with one last man. For those that don't know, and uh, we had enough chances to take advantage of it. But I'll put my coaching oh. hat on and say I'm still angry about that one, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would tell you this as a fan. And, and for our fans, this was a game where the, the union were playing up a man because this, the, the Red Bulls guy got thrown out of the game. And um, it was one of those games where we would, we would say in basketball, shoot them up, sleep in the streets, which, which we mean, you know, you got your open shots, take your shots. There's going to be some night when you're making shots, everybody loves you. Yep. But there's going to be some night for, for just some reason you're going to take the right shots. You're going to do the right things. They're just not going to go in. And on those nights, nobody wants to be around you. They're going to make you sleep in the street. And <laughs> you can't be afraid to sleep in the street, though. You That's still got to take those shots. And you guys made every play possible. Hit the post. Every it yeah. was, it was just one of those nights, man. I felt yeah. so I felt so bad for you. No, it happens. That's that's part of it. That's what kind of. In our, in our own way, we're all uh, we're maybe wired a little differently and, and you don't sleep well and you think about things you could maybe tweak or change. But at the same time, um, I think those games are, are the ones that, that, that bring you back. They want you to, to raise your level. You, 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 you find moments to talk to your team afterwards and say, look, we did the right things. You know, we did everything but get the goal. Um, if we continue on this trajectory, we're going to be just fine. You know, and you, you find different moments to... Um, you know, bring some positives out of it. But yeah, that was certainly a, a frustrating night, but we've all been there. Yeah. And that's what makes yeah. pro sports great. You can dominate. Um, and then, and, and sometimes you're on the, the other side where you maybe steal a game that you didn't deserve uh, as well. So, um, you know, I, I still say it true. Uh, pro sports and then college athletics are, are literally like the last few things we have that uh, the outcomes aren't, isn't already kind of predicted. You know what I mean? You can go yeah. on and watch TV now at any time you want, but it's, it's live, it's happening. And that's what makes it so great. Any night, anything can happen. And it's one of those last true things that we have to hold on to uh, where the outcome isn't already kind of decided. <laughs> Agreed. hundred percent. Mikey, do we have to take a break here? Yeah, we'll take a quick break here. You're listening to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds. Back after this. 
For over 25 years, Villanova University has partnered with one of the Delaware Valley's premier office solutions companies. The XSE Group has been providing area businesses Xerox's number one line of digital copiers and printers and has set the standard for office technology. When you think Villanova basketball, you think tradition, determination, and a commitment to excellence. These same qualities are the backbone of XSE's Go Service programs. When you're ready to purchase Xerox copiers and printers, think XSE. For more details, visit xsegoservice.com. And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, the new Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan. So make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. Calling all wildcats who like getting stuff for nothing, which is probably all of you, right? You can get $10 in bonus points today just by signing up for the ExxonMobil Rewards Program. Visit emrewards.com today. Pop in the code WILDCATS21 and you are good to go. How's that for a W? This podcast is brought to you by Hartford Funds, a leading asset manager based in Wayne, Pennsylvania. While other investment management companies measure performance against the S&P 500, Hartford Funds has a different measure of success, investor satisfaction. Hartford Funds, our benchmark is the investor. J.J. White Incorporated is the single-source, multi-trade contractor for your next construction project. Since 1920, J.J. White Incorporated has been constructing with knowledge and providing service with integrity and safety. Visit J.J. White online at jjwhiteinc.com. Welcome back to the Talking Villanova Basketball podcast presented by Hartford Funds, and we resume our conversation with head coach of the union, Jim Curtin. It's a, it's a great conversation. I, I, I can talk to Jim all day about coaching. I love it. I, I, I wanted to go into a, another area. You know, we, we talk about culture. And one of the things that's fascinating to me, Jim, that you guys are doing that um, is really building your culture, um, and, and you started this way, is rather than bringing in free agents like a lot of professional teams do, um, I mean, you do some, but yeah. you guys have your academy and you, you are developing um, your, your, your young players and bringing them up through a system from, from the age of uh, – what's the youngest age you start them in the academy? Oh, gosh, you won't believe me if I tell you. Uh, <laughs> they, they're five, six years old now. Um, awesome. We're in, in, our, in our youth academy. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredible. And like you touched on, you know, we – I won't bore you with the long – version of it but we have three pillars here in philadelphia we believe uh you know we want to promote from within so that that means promote with within our youth academy that's not just players that's also coaching staff and scouts and sports science and and analytics um you know we believe that uh, a, a cohesive group of 11 players can beat any group of individual talent so you know like you mentioned while other teams are buying Zlatan Ibrahimovic, incredible player, don't get me wrong, he's an unbelievable player. And, and back when I was playing, it was David Beckham. You know, the other teams were out buying the biggest player. We were believing that a cohesive group can beat the individual talent any day, which our players really embody and embrace. And the third one is we have to be innovative. We have to mine different areas that 
maybe other people aren't looking at in the second and third league in Germany or, or down in Venezuela or in Costa Rica or wherever it might be um, to, to find uh, good talent. Like you talked about those, those free agent types that kind of round out your roster. But the important thing there with the culture is that youth academy, man, um, having kids that young in our system, if you could imagine if every Philadelphia kid was the property of the Sixers, you know, we also have a salary cap league where if you develop these players, they hit your salary cap at zero. So talk about a huge advantage. If you're wow. into youth development and you're wow. getting the top kids in the area uh, and you're getting them to buy in and be in your culture from, you know, age eight, nine years old, get a great education. So I can still look the parents in the eye and say, your kid's not a piece of meat. He's a, a person here that we're going to develop the right way. Um, it might, it, I want him to play in Subaru Park with the first team. He might not make it, but he's, he's going to be getting a great education at school at, at YSC Academy. Uh, and, and also he'll move on to do a, have a great college career too. If he doesn't make it to the first team, that's obviously the ultimate goal, but the reality in pro sports is I think it's about five, 6% of the kids that we have in our Academy are actually going to play professionally. So it's, it's, it's a, still a, an uphill fight. Um, and, and they understand that. Uh, and, and then having them in the system and understanding how we want to play, how we want to you know, act on and off the field. Um, it, it's incredibly valuable for us. I give our ownership group. We talked about Joe Greco, um, how much of a, a great, first of all, great human being he is, uh, how much of a, you know, a, a philanthropist and just investing so much into our club. Um, I have a great ownership group here in, in Jay Sugarman that, that believed in this way of doing things uh, along with Joe that we were going to build it a different way. And there might be some, some challenges early on, but ultimately if we really stick to this plan, it could become a real weapon. And now our youth Academy uh, is, you know, it just got ranked the number one uh, youth Academy in the country in the entire United States. Wow. So now, wow. now all the kids that watch us play too in California go, I actually want to go to Philadelphia. And all of a sudden it becomes a recruitment tool uh, because if I go to Philly, I don't play behind some guy. They just paid $8 million or sorry. I don't sit behind some guy. They just paid $8 million. I'm starting, you know, Jim will put me on the field at 16, 17, 18 years old. And we have proof of concept now. So it took a little while, but we just sold a kid for, you know, $15 million to Salzburg, uh, Brendan Aronson. He now has been flipped and sold again to lead. So we get compensated for that. So I'll just say everybody stays happy. It's a lucrative way for our owners. It's a, it's a, uh, a great product on the field still. We're developing young kids and we're winning games. Most importantly, as you know, Jay, when you win games, um, you know, the, you know that is still the mo most important thing in terms of uh, recruitment and, and, and really getting people to buy into what you're, you're talking about. So it's, uh, it's been a, a fun run so far. Still have a lot of work to do, um, but certainly I'm so glad you brought up your very knowledgeable the Youth Academy piece uh, is, is so important to us. Well, I, I'm, I'm really I'm fascinated by your by, by your organization, and, um, and you know I, I Joe Joe Greco and I talk about it, um, and then I got got to see it, and, and I, I got to meet um, your president, and, and some people should know the, the coach of the uh, of the Buffalo Bills brother, yeah, right, is is the Jimmy president, Thurman, correct? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I saw I met him. Sean is a friend of mine, and they're both from Philadelphia and it's us and everybody's and, and your primary owner I met that night and everybody is bought into this and and I and I want I think our Villanova fans would love this the proof of this is that even though you were a, a great pro player you came in and you started your first job was with 
the youth, right? In the youth academy. That's that's where you started in the organization, correct? Yes, my 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 final playoff game was against quite literally David Beckham. He beat us. We lost. And I kind of got in, you know, had a week or two to think about it. I decided it was time to retire. And I was going to go back home to Philadelphia with my wife. And I, when I say, Jay, quite literally, I was coaching at the time they had an even younger academy, two-year-old to four-year-olds. And I found myself <laughs> in the, on a field out in Wayne, in the Wayne area, actually, <laughs> crunched up in the goal playing some version of like a Red Rover, Red Rover game with two-year-olds blasting balls at me. And I'm going... How the heck did I get here, man? That happened quick. <laughs> but it wound up being the best thing for me just because I learned so much. I got to work with as I as I showed that I, I was, you know, willing to do that. I think they they moved me up pretty quickly. And next thing you know, I'm I'm coaching the, you know, the 15 year olds, uh, boys and girls, uh, and, and and coaching uh our U17, eventually U17 Union uh, Youth Academy team. And we had a lot of success with that group. So worked my way up solid at all levels. Um, and I think the, the for any young coach out there, I think some of the best things are to work with really young kids because number one, you can try new things. You can fail a little bit and the, the pressure is not the same as at the college or pro level. Um, but also because man, working with kids and, and watching them get better so quick is the most rewarding feeling I think that you can have. So I think that is really special how quick they pick things up and get better before your eyes. You know, I still coach my son's baseball teams and, and, and daughter stuff too on the, on the weekend. So um, I, I really encourage any coach who, whatever level you aspire to coach at, to dive in, especially with young players and work with them, because there's nothing more rewarding than seeing uh, them improve. And then it happened on a bigger scale where, you know, a lot of the young eight, nine year olds I was coaching ultimately now are playing for me on the field in, in Subaru Park. So wow. they're probably sick of hearing my voice, but I know them so <laughs> well um, that that kind of leads to uh, uh, the strength of, of our culture and why we've had a little bit of success in the recent years, which has been fun. I, I think your ownership's commitment to that culture is important too. In that, so important. you know, they've got a former player, but also someone that came up within their system, just like the players did, came up through their coaching system. And they started with you as, as interim, but then you, you proved yourself. And now to have a guy that started with three and four year olds is the perfect, the perfect proof that this, we believe in, in this, this culture and the system as working. Yeah, and I, I think uh, like any corporation, any business, any school, any university, any uh, you know professional sports team, it starts at the top. And we had great ownership group that believed in this way of doing things. Um, you know, I, I think that you know the coaches like yourself, you work so hard to call it a family. It's a family. We're a family. But then when you lose a few games, everybody goes, well, it's a business, it's a business, it's a business, and you're <laughs> out of here. You know what I mean? So I think we've all lost friends that way, or I've had friends go through the tough times of, of you know, losing a job, which is, is brutal, and nobody wants to have happen. Um, but the, the, the true leaders, the best leaders, the best owners, uh, the best CEOs, the best leaders of companies are the ones that really, really believe when they, they, they say that they have a culture of, of a family and really making everybody feel uh, the right way. And I, I go back to, we can talk about X's and O's and we know how important that is and the tactics, whatever it might be, and then the substitutions and when to do them, when not to, all that stuff is incredibly important. But now, nowadays I can go online and, and, and go on YouTube and I can watch the best soccer coaches in the world. I can watch every one of their training sessions from start to finish. You can do the same in basketball now. So all the, all the secrets are out there, but now it's about how are you as a leader? Do you, and then what are your relationships like? I still think it goes back to 
the relationships that the coach can create in that locker room with his players, getting to know them all individually, getting to know and empower his staff uh, is, is really more important. I hate to admit this, and I, I've said it to my owner before. I'm like, I shouldn't be telling you guys this, but more important than anything I can do on the field with the X's and O's is, is just the relationships that you're able to try to create uh, and cultivate and empower people to, to reach their maximum. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm a preacher right now, but I, so I feel bad for talking too much, Jay. But I've seen it at like, I've gone to Liverpool and I've gone to all these high performance places and the best teams in the world and all the really good coaches, it comes back the same way. It's like, no, the, the relationships are the most important thing. And I'm just kind of, I'm such, I become such a believer in that. Um, and I, I think it really is the, the most important thing. And sometimes people tell me I'm too nice or I shouldn't be giving my cell phone to, to my players. And that's, a, that's a, a strange way of doing things, but, and it's maybe foreign to some of the European guys when they come in, but it's just how I am. And it's just the way that I think it, it should be. There's a million different ways to do it. I'm not saying which one's right or wrong, but I do believe very much in the, the relationships that you create with these people uh, and how you empower them to maybe eventually, you know, become, uh, like my assistant from last year, he was one of the best assistants in the league. He just got the head job in Cincinnati. And for me, people go, oh man, Jim, you, you lost him. That's gonna, that's gonna really hurt the team. It's like, no, this is perfect. That's what, that's what we're about. That's what, um, this, this is what, it's what he signed up for too. And he's gonna now move on and he's done a great job uh, in Cincinnati leading them. Uh, just like Mr. Neptune will do, do a great job after you. I'm sure you prepared him the right way. Uh, and he's gonna do an incredible job too. What a guy too, by the way, meeting him at the game. Incredible person, and um, the, the the program's in great hands. All, all the Villanova fans out there, that's for sure. <laughs> you're right. You're right about that. And I, I think you you um, hit it on the head. You know, it's, it's authenticity in your organization, and for you you as a coach, and um, and you, you've got to get guys do to do things that they don't want to do to get them where they want to go, and that they got to trust you to do that. That's what you're doing. I want to, before we run out of time, I, I also am fascinated by the MSL, um, the MLS, excuse me, the MLS, where it's going, and then leading up to the World Cup, where yeah. soccer's going in our, we, we've got the World Cup here in, yeah. in, 20, in, in 2026, it, yeah. that's so big in the States, it's so big for the sport of soccer, it's, it's probably big for the MLS too. Yeah. Where do you where do you see it all going? Where do you see the MLS, and then where where do you see soccer, and then the impact of I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you here. No, it's perfect. Pick, Great. I love talking. We could pick these pick these apart, but where that kind of ends up in in 2026 with the World Cup. Yeah, the the league's already grown more than I ever thought it would in my lifetime. I can say that with full full confidence in terms of the. The owners that are coming in now, um, the men and women that are buying into it are, are, are billionaires now, you know, it's, it's, and these people don't lose. So uh, you can see that the, the money that's going into sponsorship, the, the structure of the stadiums, it is, it's, it's great. And the game's going to continue to grow. Uh, our league is, has such more permanence now than in my day when we were playing in, you know, beautiful old football stadiums, but they were, they were football stadiums. They weren't soccer specific places. So um, I think that the league is in an incredible place uh, and, and it's on TV now and kids are seeing it more and more. Um, the game globally, obviously it, it is a number. I know basketball guys don't like to admit this. It is still the number one most popular. Our guys in the Olympic team would, were fighting with each other on their, on their favorite soccer teams. Those guys yeah, are following it too. 
That's awesome to hear. But yeah, no, it, it is. It's catching on in, in the States um, really, really fast. The 2026 World Cup is is going to be huge for us. Obviously, uh, we've qualified. We're, we're in that one, obviously, and it'll, it'll be uh, special to have here in the States. Um, but I think you're going to see, you know, if it was a stock, I would bet on it from now till then to just explode. You know, it really is, is going to grow. Uh, you, the fact that you can turn on the TV in the morning now on a Saturday and you can watch the English League, you can watch the German League, you can watch Major League Soccer games all through the day. That didn't happen when I was a kid. You know, you used to have to find at your at your grandparents' house, like the UHF Channel 48 maybe showed an Italian League game uh, and you had to watch it through like the fuzzy snow. So it's, <laughs> it's here to stay. It's growing so quickly, um, you know, and I think the best the best marketing and the best way to tell it's 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 here to stay is is when you you walk out out of my out of my neighborhood now I live right on, on Second and Bainbridge you open the door and you walk down the street and kids aren't just wearing Barcelona jerseys or AC Milan or Bayern Munich they have Union jerseys on now or or even I'll see the occasional New York City or Red Bull and I'll, I'll get angry but I'll still be like the kids are wearing soccer jerseys all around it's become cool which is so important in our game and the young kids usually tell you what's coming, what's coming next. And they're really into it. They love the game. They've all fallen in love with it. I still respect and know that, you know, we got a long way to go before we're the NFL or NBA or, or major league baseball, which is, you know, getting a little, we're putting a little pressure on major league baseball. We've surpassed hockey in terms of attendance. So, um, and I love hockey too. I love all sports. I love every sport we have here in Philly. Um, but it is, it's the reality now that the sport continues to grow really, really fast. And that 2026 world cup, man, it's going to be really special. Is there, um, this is my own little weird thought, but I, I was um, I was an assistant coach uh, to Jim Beheim in oh, a wow. U, U, U22 um, world championship. And we were in, um, we were in Brazil and I was, there was nothing on TV that I could understand except soccer, Every yeah. you know, <laughs> so I was watching, I was watching a lot of soccer and I was just amazed at, um, how you, you couldn't tell who was right-footed, left-footed. And it was something that way early in my career that I, we brought back to Villanova. I said to our guys, if, if the best soccer players in the world can, can go right-footed, left-footed, like we should be able to shoot layups, right-foot, left, left, right-hand, left-hand. We should be able to pivot off both feet. And it was, became a big part of our program. I actually stole that from sitting around watching uh, Brazilian cool. soccer. But it, are they considered, like, for the natural, talented players, are they still considered the best or has it evened out or is, is, is there anywhere that's still considered has the most talent? Yeah. And it is, it's Brazil. Um, and, it, and it's funny because I think sometimes, and we're guilty of it here in America, right? With kids, youth sports, we almost overcoach and, and we almost overstructure and, and almost have, if you're not on this team, you're, you're not going to become the next big you know, player at Villanova. Um, we almost make it too organized. The reason Brazil is still the best is because those kids roll the ball out in the street and they play from when the sun comes up till the sun goes down. And you watch a Brazilian play, like you said, right foot, left foot, doesn't matter. They have no fear because they've been kicking a ball that's you know not even, not even what we would call a, a proper soccer ball. It's basically like newspaper stuff together that they, they, they'll make it work and they'll play all day long. And they have this almost... You know, I'd call it like a, a pickup basketball player that, you know, there's been tons of them that obviously, uh, you know, maybe don't make it because of whatever reason. But at the same time, um, they have that creativity and maybe see the game a little bit differently um, than, than maybe the ones that we 
you know, when we have eight years old sh showing up and we're giving them nice brand new cleats and all this great equipment and they're playing on this beautiful court with glass backboards and we're saying, Billy, pass to Joey and Joey, then you pass here. And, and we take away almost kind of the, the beauty of the game, which is that it can be free flowing and kids can make mistakes and try try stuff for lack of a better word. I almost said a bad word there, but just try stuff and, <laughs> and mess up, you know, because that's that's how you get better. You know, from the very first thing we said, you, you learn most from the hardest moments and the losses and mistakes. So um, I think that, you know, to your point, the, the the creativity of the Brazilians is still for this many years from when you saw it that long ago is, is still the one where that is the most most scouted league in the world. And it's still not even close. And the best players you can you can sign. Put it this way. They could field they could field 10 national teams and their 10th national team would still be amazing players that we'd, we'd all wow. be involved. So they're that wow. deep. Um, so it's, it's pretty special what they do there. And I don't want to oversimplify it, but a lot of it is, it's just so in their blood and in their DNA and culture. And um, they just play all day long. And it's, it's a little less structured until obviously you move up the ranks. It gets a little more structured, but um, those kids just do that all day and, and, and play. And the parents get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really interesting um, comparison to basketball here in the states because that's that's why we we have been and and um, for a long time we're really dominant in, in the world. And basketball is the exact same situation. It was the kids who grew up playing on the streets of New York, streets of Philly, pickup, and they're. It, it doesn't happen as much here anymore. Yep. You've still got that because of our, it's a part of our culture. You still yep. got it, but it's why the rest of the world's catching up. Uh -huh. And, and um, that's, that's really interesting to me because I saw that just, I, I wanted to bring kind of that, that, that free flowing, but that, um, you know, that, 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 that kind of, um, and any situation, footwork-wise, passing-wise, any situation, you could just handle instinctively um, as a basketball player because of the way I watch them play soccer. Um, very cool. La all right, last thing I, I want to hit you with: um, what what do you see for for yourself as you? I mean, you're, you've been a head coach now for a good, good number of years. You guys won the the regular season. Do you? Yeah. Do you, do you take it day to day, season to season? Do you think about your career and, and the MLS? Do you do you aspire to go to to Europe and coach? Do you do that as an American coach, or what, yeah. what do you see for yourself? Yeah, I think it's the same as when you're a player. You always want to try to push yourself to the highest level. In, in our game right now, the reality is MLS is an incredible league. It's a growing league, but it's not uh, it's not the best league in the world. So. Um, you know, I think someday I'd like to challenge myself in, in Europe. Uh, I also have, you know, I have three young kids right now that I want to at least get to, to the college age before I make a, a selfish move like that. <laughs> but but they, they would all embrace it and be along for the ride, no question about it. Um, but I think that I'm at a time in, in my life right now where we built something really special here in Philly. I think the work's not done here yet. I think I still have more to give here. Um, still want to ultimately lift uh, MLS Cup. Uh, we, we gave our fans the first trophy, but we really want to get that that Major League Soccer uh, championship to them. Um, you know, and you know, like, like I said, you want to push yourself to the at, at the highest level. And and someday, if the the situation's right, uh, I think you know more and more you're starting to see some doors open for 
American coaches overseas. I have a friend that just got the head coaching job at Leeds United. He's kind of blazing the the pathway for American coaches over there. Um, But we still don't quite get the, it's it's natural. We don't get the respect quite yet. And it'll take time um, as the game of soccer grows and becomes more popular in our country. So it's still a young sport here. Our league's only 25 or 26 years old, which you know, some leagues over there are 100, couple, you know, 200 years old. Um, so there's a little more history. So it'll take some time for American coaches to maybe get opportunities over there. But certainly, uh, I'd be open to that uh, at a certain point. But I really love my, my time here in Philly. And, and I, like I said, we still have uh, some work to do here. Well, we're proud of you, man. And it's um, just our coaching staff here at Villanova, Kyle and I, talked a lot about it after spending time with you and watching your team and talking to Joe Greco a lot about you guys, but we're really proud of you. And coaches should, coaches should go in any sport should go look at what the Philadelphia union are doing, what Jim Curtin's doing um, in, in, in terms of their entire organization. It's, it's really impressive. And then just as Villanova's, we're proud of you, buddy, doing a great job for us. And we're rooting for you. Keep up the great work, man. Yeah, look, you don't know how much that means uh, coming from you. Uh, I've been a, a fan from afar for uh, a lot of years, and congratulations, obviously, on an incredible career. Uh, I can tell by this you have a career in broadcasting, too, if you ever wanted that, I'm sure. Uh, but no, man, I, I really mean it. What you build at Villanova, um, we're, we're all incredibly proud, and I respect it so much. And um, it, it's really special to, to have watched and witnessed and Great having you out at the, the soccer game, and, and it was it was really fun meeting you. And this has been awesome, just uh, catching up. And this is uh, much better than any of my my usual press conferences where they're just asking me who's playing, <laughs> and who's injured, who's not. <laughs> this was awesome, man. To open up and just have a real conversation with a coach as accomplished and as, as had a special career as, as you have uh, was was truly. Uh, uh, I'm humbled, man. It, it feels really cool to have you say anything positive about me. <laughs> It's been fun. I hope I'm going to get down there with Kevin Durant. We, we've been texting. We're going to come down and uh, see you at a game. And I look forward to seeing you, buddy. Good luck. That's awesome. Kevin's the man. He's a great guy and he speaks very highly of you. So awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Good luck, buddy. Thank you. You've been listening to the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast back with our final segment after this. Are you looking for something imprinted or embroidered? If so, let Campus Clothes help you get the look. Whether your team is in the corporate office or on the athletic field, Campus Clothes can supply your team with all its needs. Visit us on the web at campusclothes.com or give us a call at 215-357-0892. You may not play well, but you will always look good. At KeyBank, we know you've got a lot in your head when it comes to your money. You're excited for payday, annoyed about being nickel and dimed for using your nickels and dimes, and feeling all the emotions everyone has when it comes to money stuff. That's why we created the KeySmart checking account. No maintenance fees, no minimum balance requirements, 40,000 ATMs, and convenient digital access. We work hard to make banking easier, so you can get out of your head and on with your life. KeyBank opens doors. Visit key.com slash keysmartchecking. $10 minimum opening deposit required. KeyBank is a member FDIC.
At NovaCare Rehabilitation, we know that game days are scheduled, but injuries are not. Don't let aches, pains, or injury keep you from doing what you love. The physical therapists at NovaCare Rehabilitation are here for you with 100 convenient locations throughout the Delaware Valley and South Jersey. Let NovaCare clinical experts help you heal. NovaCare is proud to be the official physical therapy provider for Nova Nation. To begin feeling better, faster, schedule an appointment today at NovaCare.com. NovaCare. Experience the power of physical therapy. For every assist Villanova made last season, Hartford Funds generously donated $10 to North Light Community Center to make a positive impact on families and children in need in our community. You can track the progress always of Hartford Funds assists at villanova.com backslash assist as well as our social media channels. This is Jay Wright, head coach of the Villanova Wildcats. Villanova and Land Rover Mainline continue to have a great deal in common. We are both located on the Mainline and we both are getting business done in our beautiful new arenas. Like Villanova, Land Rover Mainline is once again nationally ranked as one of the top Land Rover stores in the nation. Villanova University and Land Rover Mainline continue to build winning teams that are proud to serve the greater Philadelphia region and we are both grateful for your continued support. Please visit us online at LandRoverMainline.com. There are many ways to say Miller Lite has more taste and only one more calorie than Michelob Ultra. You could say it with your show choir buddies at your high school reunion. Miller Lite has more taste and only one more calorie than Michelob Ultra. However you say it, it's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Beer for 12 full ounces. Miller Lite, 96 calories, 3.2 carbs. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. Taste test performed by Institute for Perception, February 2018. It's now time for Geico Inside the Wildcats. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And Coach, uh, these last few nights you had a chance to uh, participate in something fun, a cameo role in a motion picture with Adam <laughs> Sandler. Uh, just tell our audience a little bit about uh, the the premiere and just kind of uh, the cameo and, and all that stuff. It, it was a fun experience. Uh, it was funny. I, I spent a whole day filming uh, maybe from nine in the morning till like nine at night. And uh, Adam was, was great. And it had, had me set up with my own trailer, like felt like a movie star. And then it's funny. You see the film and everything got cut out except <laughs> a couple, <laughs> except a couple lines. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. The premiere was cool. And um, uh, we, we got to spend some, some time together, Patty and I, with uh, Adam afterwards. And uh, he's, and, you know, he's a Villanova basketball fan. He asked me how Justin was doing, how, <laughs> how Justin's knee was. And uh, uh, Daryl Reynolds was in it also just for, um, for Villanova fans. He, he, he was uh, one of the guys you see when you watch the basketball play. It's a great movie for basketball fans. A lot of, a lot of best Kyle Lowry's in it. Uh, Kyle, Kyle had a couple lines was really good. Um, Kenny Smith is a big part of it. He was there last night. Um, Tobias Harris, a big part of it. He was there last night. So it, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's show business, certainly not coaching, but it's, it's fun. That's, that'll do it for Geico inside the Wildcats. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And coach, that'll wrap it up for a, a very interesting session here. We thank uh, Jim Curtin for taking the time. Yeah, Jim Curtin was great. Thanks, Mike, for organizing everything. And I hope everybody in the Nova Nation uh, follows a union in Jim Curtin. He's a great Villanova. 
That'll do it for the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Just a reminder, you can follow Coach Wright on Twitter at VUCoachJWright. You can also follow Villanova Basketball at NovaMBB on Twitter and Instagram. We'll have alerts posted on those accounts whenever a new podcast is available for download. Or you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. And for more great content, check out the web home of the Wildcats, Villanova.com. For our producer, Matt Fraschilla, this is Mike Sheridan saying thanks again for stopping by. We look forward to having you join us again next time for the Talking Villanova Basketball Podcast presented by Hartford Funds.